Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Well, we're going to touch on this verse that was shown to us during our offering there. And so I want to talk to us about preparing for storms. Preparing for storms. We've been going through several things uh, over the last several months, and we've been uh, truths, and, and focusing a lot on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're just going to kind of skim over that and do a, a real quick uh, connection. And kind of close this, even though we're saying we're not closing it forever, but we're kind of closing this season of, of, of extracting truth out of that particular area of teaching. And so towards the end of Matthew chapter 7, we get really Jesus' kind of conclusion. And when you get, how you know there's kind of a concluding thought is you get that word therefore, right? And you've heard that before. If you see therefore, look to see what it's there for. And, and so we're going to do that. We're going to look at this section there in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 29. And I want to look at this, and I want to, to, to look at this as, as Jesus' kind of final thought, as he closes up this very incredibly important teaching as he kind of just laid it all out there, laid his whole heart out there to, un- to connect to the Old Testament to then give us vision for the future uh, of what he had planned for the church. And so I'll tell you what, let's, let's go ahead and read this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations, or foundation, on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." Of course, an analogy that's very, very powerful. And Jesus is often doing that. He gives us simple analogies so that we can extract incredible wisdom. And in contrast to highfalutin words and theology and, and uh, uh, you know, going through the motion and, and, and acting religious, what Jesus did and how he taught was so in contrast to what the Pharisees were doing and what had been brought to the people of God, they're just standing there astounded at his teaching. And then they see this. And again, it's, it's kind of bringing the whole thing together to say, look, I just spent however long it took Jesus to teach this uh, there on that mountain. And with all the hundreds, if not thousands of people there listening to him, he says, look, I, I haven't wasted my time. <laughs> I hope I didn't waste my time. But what I've just shared with you are words of life. And to show you how important these words of life are, uh, words, of, yeah, words of life are to you, I'm going to give you this analogy and kind of just pulling it together. And basically just saying it's, it's, it's like this, okay? It's like your house. You've got a house. And he chose a house for a reason because we all think of a house as being kind of our ultimate place of safety, isn't it? It's our place where we can get away from the world and we can be ourselves. We can get away from the hubbub. It's, it's, you know, it's our go-to place. And let her hair down. 
So a, a house is an incredibly important thing. And so Jesus chose that for a reason, to say it, it's essentially who you are, our homes. And we spend so much of our life building our homes. So Jesus goes for that. He, he lays out that. So we have the different pieces of this parable, if you will, overall uh, a, a metaphor. And so we'll take it apart. So we got the house. That's what it represents, essentially, the foundation of our lives the details of our life. And then he talks about the rock and the sand, okay? And of course, we know what that is, what the rock is, and, 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 and he's gonna go on to say that this rock is essentially his words. The rock is Jesus himself. And we build our home, not just our lives, okay? That's why I think this is so cool, is because he is using a greater analogy, a more inclusive analogy. To help us see, says, look, you build your whole life on Christ. That's incredibly important. Not just portions of your life, okay? But your whole life built upon the rock, then it will not fall. So he talks about the rock. Rock is Christ. The rock is truth. Then he talks about the sand. I just came back from the beach and, you know, got a chance, and it was interesting. I had prepared this well in advance, so I had a whole week to just look at the properties of sand. Man, sand is incredible stuff, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful, but it's also incredibly useless. <laughs> you know? Uh, I love freshwater lakes, and I joke with, with the kids. Of course, they love the sand and the beach. I'm not as much of a beach lover. I love, I'll, I'll take freshwater uh, lakes personally, although I love the ocean, and it's incredible the power of the ocean and what sand does. And, but you can't build anything on it, can you? And matter of fact, you sit down and you can build the most elaborate and you walk up and down the beach and you see these beautiful things that people spend hours creating. But by the morning, what? It's long gone. It's been washed away by the power of the ocean. And so he uses sand again. You, you've got to understand the incredible wisdom of Christ in using. He's not wasting a, a single bit of this analogy. Not, not one bit. It's our house being so what is critical to who we are. He talks about the rock, and a rock is unmovable. And everybody in construction knows that you want to build upon the rock. You've got to build upon that. If you're going, when you put it on there, that's not going to be moved. It's not going to sink. It's not going to be shaken. But the sand, in contrast, is something you really cannot build on at all. And if you run into sand, well, you've got to keep digging until you get to rock. The bedrock, as they call it, right? Then he talks about later in this scenario, rain. Talks about streams that begin to create as the rain continues to come. Creates floods, water. Wow, water. You know the properties of water are, are just amazing, and which is what makes the ocean so incredibly, incredibly uh, powerful as well because you add all that salt to it. Then you've got something that can just slap you around like a rag doll. I'm used to, you know, as a big man, not being moved, but man, you take a six-foot wave, man, it'll knock me on my can in a heartbeat. Just slap you around. So he talks about the rain and water, and of course, this has got to hasten back to what they all understood, because God destroyed the earth the first time using what? Water. He used rain. And the rain came down for 40 days and 40 nights, didn't it? 
and it completely covered the earth, destroyed it. Matter of fact, the, the undulation of water and what it would have done to the surface of the planet is beyond comprehension. And of course, without getting into all the science, but a lot of, of course, creationists believe that it was the diluvian you know, time period that created much of what we see on the earth today. And I believe that myself personally. But it talks about the rain coming down in our life. Of course, this is just an analogy. And what does rain represent? Well, hard times. I mean, good times, but also hard times. We think of rain. Rain is a good thing, but too much rain is a very bad thing. Roanoke Rapids understands that back when it had its flood many years ago. Too much rain will then create streams, and those streams begin to come up, and those streams are coming with such power and force that they can just completely wipe things away, just scrub the surface clean. So it talks about streams, and then on top of that, you have winds. So even if you do sometimes, you know, survive the, the rain that torrentially comes down, well, I got a roof, I'm good to go. Well, then the rains and the streams start coming up and flooding. Well, okay, I'm good so far, but man, just when that is just at its, you know, most insecure point, wind comes and whew, knocks it over, kind of does it in. Down here in the south, especially here in North Carolina, we understand this thing, don't we? Very well in this thing they call a hurricane. Kind of the ultimate understanding of high winds, rain, and you better be ready, right? I'll talk about that in a second. So he gives us these these pieces of this, this story that are so incredibly powerful. But Jesus does an interesting thing here. He gives us the, the key to his analogy first. And what I like about that is that Jesus is saying, look, I'm not going to mince my words anymore. I'm not going to try to fool you anymore with parables. I'm not going to test the heart of the seeking and the non-seeking person. The seeking person says, aha. The non-seeking person says, this is foolishness. And so Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter and just says, therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. What is this analogy pointing toward? His words. His words are the rock, aren't they? His words. He said, look, I just want you to know, I've just spent however many hours teaching you. Please don't ignore the words I've just said. Because this is why. The house, of course, the house that stands is a house that has built itself upon the very words of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He's not just saying anybody's words. He's not just talking about all the isms out there that I've, you know, faithfully pounded upon over the last several months. No isms, no ideologies, no other ways of man, wisdom of man, but the very words of Jesus Christ and primarily the ones that he had just shared with them in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. He said that is what you must build your life on. And not just your life, but your whole house, your very existence. So are we getting that? I mean, you're getting that. That's so incredibly important. So the house has to be built on his words, and the house that falls is a house that did not build itself on his words. Now, sometimes we look at those kind of compare and contrast things, and we think they're so simple. But have you found that 
so much of what we read in the news and so much of what we experience in our own life and so much of what we observe, is, it comes right back to this. That people have experienced success or failure based on just making wise decisions or unwise decisions. How much have they built the foundation of their home, their very existence, their, their familiar and, fam- and, and their, their whole life, their, their marriage, their children, their money, their future, their past upon the words of Jesus Christ? Okay, the, the, I mean, I, I know I'm breaking this down to a very simplistic thing, and, and, we, and it's because we need to. We absolutely need to. Jesus is doing this. He's, he's not saying, now go up to a mountain and read these words and say, Om, 30 times, and you'll get it. No, 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 he's just saying, look, can I just share with you a very simple conclusion to the matter? You either do it or you don't. <laughs> Because everybody can talk about doing it, but really, you walk over and you'll observe their life and say, man, you, you, you got a lot of your life built on sand, brother. I mean, I'm looking at your foundation and you're talking up the house. And I see this wonderful house, but that foundation isn't, isn't built on the right spot. I like my big old house. It's 95 years old. And the thing I'm proud of most about it is not anything you see from the street. You know what I'm proud about it? Underneath, you go into that basement, three-foot poured concrete foundation, baby. And all I got to say is bring it on. I mean, you look at those walls. I mean, when I've, when I've looked at buying the house, that's a, you know, they always say that the value of a home is what? Behind the walls or underneath it. And, man, I went down to that basement, and I looked at that, and I, and I, saw, I went outside, and I looked inside, and I went outside, and I looked, and I said, Whoa. Okay, I like this. I look at the foundation. We need to look at our own foundation, don't we? Well, that's what we're getting at here. Our foundation. <clears throat> characteristics of the rock. Just to break that down a little bit more. What is a, what is a characteristic of a rock? It's hard to move. Maybe even impossible to move a rock. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. You know, because when those winds and, and those storms that do come, which you most certainly are going to come, and, and that's something that I, I, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but let, let me just stick to the notes here. So, hard to move, maybe even possible to move. That, that's a characteristic rock. It cannot be broken or destroyed. Sometimes we can get a crack in our foundation. But that is easily fixed <clears throat> by going underneath and, and repairing and filling those cracks with truth once again. Rock is stable. You wake up every morning and there it is. If there's a rock on the beach, and let me just switch, up, up in northern Michigan there is, <clears throat> we got this little bay, and this bay, you know, it is absolutely traumatized every year from about November till about the, begin- the end of April, beginning May. And it's traumatized with what? With ice, with wind. And that ice just comes up and just, just beats up and just pushes up against this, this little bay of our, my family has a little cabin in. And it's astounding because you can see these old trees, they're bent. 
because their, their roots are in the ground, and yet the, 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 the whole tree is, <laughs> is fought against it. It's had its, it's had its roots deep into the hard soil, but it's just resisting that, that ice that's coming up against it. And along the bay, the places, and the whole reason why that bay is there is because it's absolutely filled with rock. And man, I know that it's full of rock because I tried to put in a, a well one time. Now, you've heard me tell that story one time. We were out pounding these, you know, the cone and the pipe down, and, and we were just pounding, pounding. Man, we didn't get more than about four feet, and we just kept on bending the tips. We're like, what on earth is down there? My great uncle Bob comes walk, waddling over, and he watched us for about an hour. I love him, but that was bad. That was very bad. He watched us pound and pound and pound in that thing, and he finally just said, yeah, we tried to sink a well there once. <laughs> yeah, he says, there's a big old rock down there. And we're like, and we just stopped, dropped the sledgehammers and just like, Uncle Bob, are you kidding me? And he smiled and waddled away. But anyway, it's there because there's a stone there. There's a rock there and it's not going to be moved. And you bring on the elements, you bring on the storms, you bring on anything that this earth can conjure, rocks incredible things. They're the only thing that resists that. So Jesus chose that. And he said, those are my words. Those are my words. They will not be moved. The world can come against his words. And they do, don't they? And they have stood the time, the test of time. And yet here we are, once again as a culture, questioning the words questioning the foundation. Can I build my house without that foundation? That's a rhetorical question. We all know what the answer is, but it, it, can, we, can we really? No, we can't. And I'll make that point a little, more, a little stronger here in just a second. It's not affected by the elements. Characteristics of, sand, characteristics of sand, on the other hand, is it's easy to move. It doesn't take much to push a sand castle over, does it? That's why we just kind of like gently doing it and you just you step away and you're trying to make your spires and you're trying to do that. And I, I watch Andrew building his little castles when it falls over. Sometimes he cries because he's worked so hard on that. And then remember, you know how two and three-year-olds begin to discover that when they build their first castle down by the water and they get it and they're so proud of it and then just gone. And they're just like, How much are we like children when we've built and we've taken and put so much time into things in this life and the first big wave of struggle comes it just washes it away. Location, 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 right? But more than anything, what are we building upon? Sand, it doesn't maintain its shape. It can liquefy so quickly. It's unstable. Again, you wake up in the morning and it's completely gone. It's moved. It's shifted. What once was high is now low, and what was low is now high. It's amazing how quickly it can change. And that describes so much of people's lives. And it's just like, well, life is not... Well, let me finish my thought. We think that life is just kind of always changing anyway, but I get a funny feeling Jesus is saying, that's not what I intended. I want your life to be stable. 
I want you to build brick upon brick upon the foundation of my words and there not be so much chaos. But I think we've created this culture of chaos. Because after a while, it's just like nobody realizes, nobody thinks to look at a foundation anymore. No one even knows that rocks exist. And so what you do is you embrace the chaos as being normal, the new normal. And man, are we ever seeing that? People don't know. It's just like, well, we ought to give up on marriage because does anybody have a marriage that works? I mean, is marriage even something that's culturally relevant anymore? I mean, I mean is it to be expected that any human being have, you know, have peace in their heart? I mean, life is a bee and you die. And so... You just go to the doctor and get you some pills. And life is good again. Or at least you're able to ignore and just say, man, I don't even care about a foundation anymore. Much less whether the house stands or falls. We've embraced chaos. And so we have this culture of sand, my friends. A culture of sand. And yet when we look at the very words of Jesus, He's saying how much his words are so critical to the stability of our lives, to the stability of our soul, to the stability of the things that we really, really enjoy. And whether you want to call that conservative or whether you want to call that old-fashioned or whatever anybody else calls it, can we just flush all those words and listen to the man who taught 2,000 years ago just how it ought to work. And it's amazing that every culture seems to do that because, and this is the cycle. God grabs the people together. He pulls them to himself. He teaches them their ways. They learn, they grow, they celebrate. They begin to drift because success begins to cause a greater sense of not needing what got you there. And we tend to forget what got us there. Well, I get, I get frustrated sometimes with ministries and pastors and things like that when they begin to change so much, and I'll just say, look, that's fine. I'm all for change, and, and you can see around here we're all for change, and, and that's, that's important, but we should never forget what got us there. The fear of the Lord, prayer, preaching the word of God as it is you know, taught to us. So critical. So Jesus talks about the storms. The storms came just as Jesus said they would. And most people, they don't prepare for storms. We make a run on lows when the hurricane is projected. We tend to let, live the rest of our lives the very same way. We don't make a trip to examining our foundation. We don't do the things, you know, and I'm not trying to hack on us, I'm just trying to say this is, this is a good wake-up call for us. This is a good, uh, you know, let's examine the foundation of our life because here Jesus is saying, look, I've just poured all these truths into your life and, and, and if you don't put them into practice, if you just memorize and if you don't do these things, then you're not building your life on those words. He says, so it's going to come. And this is interesting because of the, the, the song that Andrea chose this morning. When our prayers aren't answered. When 
you know, we're trying to walk through the water and, and the floods are too high or, or we come up against some resistance and it's like, but I spoke to that mountain, it must be moved. And God said, no, I'm going to leave it there for a little bit because I'm testing your heart. How much of you are, are you building this on me? How much of, are you following me because of me? Rather than just success, feeling good, getting your prayers answered. And if we live that short-sighted way, then we will not be prepared when those times come to really build muscle or to force us to look at the foundations again. I lived in, uh, down in Rayford, North Carolina for, uh, I don't know how many years we lived there, Andrew, 10, 10 years or so. Had a house out there in the country, and uh, the first five years we lived there, lived there, we had four hurricanes. I was like, man, what is this? And I never forget the first one that came, I was looking at the whole front door and the whole door frame was leaning in. I mean, every, it was like 80 mile an hour gusts and it was just, the eye was not maybe 15 miles from us. I'm watching that. My little babies are upstairs, Meredith and Tate, I think probably just those two at the time. And that whole wall was just pushing in and I was, I was just waiting for it to go wham, you know? And, and I was, all I kept thinking was, man, I didn't really prepare for this. <laughs> I wasn't ready for any of this. But just like so many of us, and I do in my life, I had <laughs> three or four more that came, no, three more that came along. And it wasn't until the last one that I finally said, you know what, maybe I ought to start in the spring and prepare for the fall. And sure enough, I did that. I cut out, Andrew, remember this? I went and bought a bunch of plywood and I cut out window-sized plywood pieces and stacked them so that when the, when the, when the hurricane was even forecast, I mean, it would take me literally just an hour to take all those cutouts, put them in the window frames. I had these wingnut lock things. I could just go, man, watertight, done. But why on earth did I wait to the very last hurricane to figure that one out? Oh. So true of all of our lives. We could have had a V8. We could have started a little sooner. And, but see, Jesus, he's trying to tell us we don't have to do that. We don't have to live most of our life and then in our last breath say, man, I really should have spent more time on my foundation. But, I mean, so here we are, whether you're a young person or a middle-aged person or maybe coming into the golden era of your life, it's never too late, late for us to go back and examine the foundation of our lives and how much of our life is built upon the rock and how much is built upon the sand. And you say, well, how do I know? <laughs> Believe me, you'll know. Do you have a home or is it gone? Do you have areas that have been eroded away in your life and you're wondering, you question and you question and you wonder and you reach for magazines and, and you reach for worldly wisdom or you reach for psychology or all the isms and you reach for those things trying to find an answer when the whole time the answer is very clearly in front of you in very simple language in the words of Jesus Christ. He says, if you put them into practice You'll be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. He says, but if you hear him, 
and you don't put them into practice, you're like a foolish person. And that's, those are hard words. But Jesus wanted us to get them. We can be motivated. Christians, we should be motivated by two strong things from heaven. One is his love and, and his love, his fatherly love for us. And second, his fatherly discipline. And his caution and his warning. That is parental. That's what good mamas and daddies do. Hey, son, watch out. Don't do that. Stay far away from that. And that's our God. The prevailing attitude of our culture is, I'm going to beat the system. I know that there are rain and there are rising waters and there's wind, but it's not going to affect me. I can beat this. That's the way I thought. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just going to pray, which was good. And thankfully, my house didn't blow down. But I'll never forget when our whole upstairs was flooded and water was everywhere. I kept on scratching my head saying, what else could I have done? Except maybe a few preventative things. Sometimes we look at our life and we look back at it and we say, well, why couldn't some of that have changed? Why, why, why did this have to happen? And God is not standing over there just saying, you know, look what you've done. But he's saying, look, examine it. How much is on the rock and how much is on the sand? Pure and simple. We need to look at these three things. It's not consequences to sin, rain, rising waters, and wind. Not as consequences to sin, but as life. Because here's the truth. We're all going to have some tough times. They will come. And Jesus is promoting being prepared again with wisdom and truth. That's what he's saying. It's interesting that he didn't just say, you know, ignore all of what goes on in this earth. If you just trust me, everything will work out okay. No, he said, build your life upon the rock because, sure enough, wind Water, floods are going to come. But the beauty is, you're still going to be there. You're still going to be standing. You will give glory to God because you had built your life. See, when you build your marriage on biblical truths, you know, nobody has a perfect marriage. No one has a perfect relational setup. When we build the raising of our children on the words of God, you know, and nobody has perfect children. Nobody has a perfect setup. When we build our thought life, our career, our future, our hopes, our dreams, our hobbies, our everything upon the words of God, our relationships, our daily relationships on the principles of God's word, are they going to be tested? Oh, man, absolutely. Every relationship we have will likely be tested. And boy, our culture is learning right now that chaos comes quickly to people who forget about love, forgiveness, unity, trust. <laughs> How quickly things fall apart. You know, some of us have built our house on sand. Parts of it. And and. The beauty is he can come in immediately and start bringing in. Because all we have to do to start fixing our foundation is beginning to put into practice the words. The words. Going back to Matthew 5 through 7, the early parts, and look at what Jesus really, he really focused on. 
he gave us the Beatitudes. He said, look, be a peacemaker, okay? When everybody else is trying to burn stuff, be a peacemaker. When everybody else is trying to blame everyone else, is trying to stir up hate and, 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 and uh, division, be a peacemaker. He says, look, let me tell you about forgiveness. You want it, then you got to give it. He said, these are foundational things. These are truths that he has built. He has said, this is how my father thinks. If you want your father to, be, to bless you, then this is how you need to act. He talks about lying. He talks about calling people a fool. He talks about how we should, you know, that divorce, which for the most part, I'm not going to talk anything about, about, but, you know, bottom line is he gives us a lot of wisdom. He gives us a lot of truth. He pours it in, not as a way to grind those of us who have struggled in all of that, not in, not in a way as in any of that. It's just that, folks, we have got to come back to truth. We've got to come back to the foundational things that will cause our life to succeed. It's hard. It's hard to talk about these things. You know, they, they call it preaching to the choir, right? Man, you go in there and talk to the choir. I go to the choir and say, hey, music is good. They're like, tell me something I didn't know. But it's hard to walk into a room of people who, and tell them, hey, you know what? That they're all angry with one another, right? And as soon as that meeting is over, they're all going to get in fights out in the parking lot and say, forgiveness is key. That's like, you know, nobody wants to hear that. And so often truth is that way. That's the way it strikes us. So Jesus gave us, you know, these words. He, he gave us truth. He poured it out. It cut. At the very end of the time that people looked at one another and said, man, did this guy, I mean, this guy has such authority, such wisdom. This is not just making us feel good. This is causing us, this is challenging us. He's showing us the reason why we struggle. I wanted to read this last part. I'm going to have to bring it up because I didn't put the words up there. Give me just one second. 20, verses 28 and 29. I should have put those in there because I wanted to cover that to just close. Okay, so you got it. Can you go ahead and bring up the next verse? There you go. Because he has taught as one who has authority. Let me bring it up myself. All right. So they were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. So he absolutely came and said, this is cutting across. This is not what you're used to seeing, used to hearing. And it reminds me of our times right now. Because that's not what we're hearing. It's not what we're reading in the news. It's not what is, again, the prevailing attitude. The prevailing attitude is... We live and we suffer and we just, it's just like chaos is the new norm. Chaos is the new norm. And it's such a blessing that he has in store for us. It's what he's saying is if you will build your life on the rock, and, and, and of course this doesn't make this 
sense to anyone who just feels like, well, everything's going well for me. I've done things my own way. I had it my way, and I'm happy. Okay, that's good. But I think before long, you're going to experience the hurricane of life. And you will very quickly. He said, Jesus went on to say, look, um, your house is going to come down. And what did he say about that house falling down? With a great crash. And what does that mean? I don't know. I don't even want to get into all that, except that maybe it means a major struggle. Maybe it means a catastrophe in, in our finances. Maybe it means the ending of a, of a relationship. Maybe it, it means, you know, a physical ailment. What I don't know. But if we do things our own way, we'll get what our ways will bring. And Jesus saying, and I love this because it really plays into a very pastoral heart of Jesus. He's saying, I don't want that for you. You've heard me say this as a pastor as I close, and this is, this is what I often do, is to say, can, can you experience more of the joy of God and abundance of life in your life right now? Is, are you happy with where your life is? Because Christianity is not just fire insurance. It's not just the hope of eternity, which, of course, is a wonderful thing. But he called us to enjoy an abundant life here to experience joy and success here. And that's what Jesus is saying in this whole closing up of his analogy, I mean, of, of his preaching on the mount. He's just saying, look, if you listen to my words, if I can just bring it down, if you'll just listen to what I just taught you, and if you guys do this, your life is going to go well for you. Even though there will be tests, even though there will be trials, you will always see my foundation there. You'll always see that, you held, that I held you together. And that, my friends, is what Christianity is all about. So how much of your life is built on those foundations? Do you, if, you, if you're like, I don't even know what the foundation looks, at, looks like, then you need to get into the Word of God, amen? You need to go back and study. You need to go back and say, okay, where am I bypassing? Where am I doing the, the step around, the uncomfortable truths of my life? You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, that we tend to create a Christianity that is modified for our own pleasure, for our own, you know, peace. Because it's like, okay, there's areas of my life that I just don't want Jesus to be involved in. I mean, and it's usually a struggle. It's usually a, a life-controlling issue, an addiction, a sinful habit pattern. It could be an area where there's a lot of pain, a lot of struggle we don't, you know. And if, and if those things are, are, are very life-controlling, then, and, and they don't even have to be extreme, then we have something for that. On Monday nights with the ministry you have there that you can come and I'm telling you, you can deal with those issues. You can look at the foundation of your life. Because sometimes it's so overwhelming, isn't it? To realize that, wow, my bitterness runs a whole lot deeper than I thought. My sin, my lack, and my need for God runs a whole lot deeper. If I really pull back the foundation, I'll see, wow, I only have about that much underneath there when I really need way down. Need to go about six feet under to really hold what I hope to build in my life. Amen.
So the question is, how much are we bypassing that and how much are we embracing the words of Jesus? So let that be our, our goal. Let that be our goal. None of us are going to do it perfectly, and we've got the Holy Spirit who will remind us, who will show us, who will say, look, this is an area, this is a truth you need to inculcate. This is where you need to believe, and this is where you need to practice it. The Holy Spirit's ready to make that happen. He brings conviction, and if we ignore the conviction, then he might bring a little struggle. And if we ignore the struggle and the, the, the feeling, the stronger feelings of conviction, then maybe a rain comes and washes away a little bit of our home. And he's saying, look, you got to deal with that. Because God is patient. God is loving. But we've got to build our lives on his word. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up this morning.